Listeners, you're back with Benny, Banksy, and Boydie, the basketball blokes, dribbling all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. And this week, we're talking the round that it was, round one. Finally, guys, we don't have to look at blitz scores, make spreadsheets, working out averages, <laughs> trying to guess if Tyler Harrison's going to play on the mm-hmm. court just mm-hmm. based on his blitz numbers, you know, which really obviously backfired on us. Um, and what a round it was. I mean, we had record attendances, and for me, the highlight was that four-overtime game. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I uh, told my wife that I'll be uh, coming to bed in about 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, that was uh, just before regulation, yep. you know, probably yeah, four overtimes later, and she's sound asleep, and uh, I mean, it was probably the most thoroughly enjoyable NBL game up there with the classics for sure and the scoring was unbelievable. That's right. They they couldn't I guess the NBL couldn't have asked for a better game to be on in the second well the second well the second game of the round, I guess. But yeah. If only it was the Channel Nine game, I guess. But um, Yeah, if only. Highlighted by AJ Ogilvy's ninety two point game. Have Huge we, score. I've never seen anything like that. Huge score. I, I kinda had the feeling that he'd come out and do something like that. I didn't know it would be round one. But um, he was all, he, he's actually on my watch list. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what food poisoning, what gave him food poisoning, but I want some. <laughs> but did you notice what he was actually on at three quarter time? I'm pretty sure he's only on around 19 fantasy points at three quarter time. That's right. And then he started to explode in the fourth quarter, and obviously, like a lot of the players in that game, fantasy scores heavily inflated by the four extra overtime periods yep. that they did play. But um, nevertheless, 92 is huge. That's right. The stats from the game obviously going to pat, you know, be padded for those Melbourne players as well as the uh, Illawarra guys as well. I know DJ Kennedy obviously had a huge score as well of 75, something along those lines. But And yeah, Boone had nine rebounds at the end of regulation, went on to get his double-double bonus, which really cost me in my strategy of picking him up on the cheap. But I guess back to AJ, we've got to a little bit more news on AJ because in the second game he uh, had a bit of an injury. Yeah, he didn't actually appear in the second half, um, which was disappointing for owners who had him in the first game when he exploded. Um, And look, you guys probably know yourself, trying to find an injury update list for the NBL is uh, pretty hard to come by. Mm -hmm. There's not actually one out there as far as I'm aware. Um, Your best bet, to be honest, is probably to follow all the teams individually on Twitter if you can. Um, That's where you're probably going to get your best information. And to be honest, probably following the, the... players individually as well. AJ actually posted a bit earlier today. Um, Speaking of Twitter. Yeah. He posted a photo of his ankle just to prove that, you know, there was some doubters out there saying that, um, you know, he doesn't like to play against Perth or over in Perth because he didn't show up in the second half. But to be honest, uh, I don't know about you guys, that ankle looks pretty swollen with what he's posted yeah, on Twitter. I mean, it's pretty much his whole foot's blue, so, and it's pretty swollen. Looks yeah. doesn't look real good, but started a bit of a war of words, has it? Yeah, um, if you guys have a look on Twitter, Kev White and Mark Worthington um, actually had a bit. Own Mark Worthington, yeah, yeah, had a bit of a Twitter feud there over that post by AJ Ogilvy. Um, what have you read into that, buddy? 
Uh, I get the feeling it's a bit. Well, I know that Kev White called him homicide Worthington. I think great, in one of, which is <laughs> great. Which, but you know what? As I said, this is he's he's just been announced as sports bets NBL spokesperson in the last week. You know, just before round one, and I don't know if everyone would have seen it if you're watching on Fox Sports. He pops up with a little update about who's doing what and who's what the bets are, what the odds are, etc. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's just trying to drum up a bit of media like Homicide does. Well, I think Homicide, half the things Homicide does, he's just trying to rev up people and get reaction to. So, And you know that Kev White was angry because he gave him the thanks champ or something like that. There was a, I think that was Werther's reply, wasn't it? It was, champ? it was. Yeah. Oh, was it? Werther's <laughs> reply was, have a good year, champ. Oh, the champ. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah, and you know to quote how far it actually got, Kev White, he wrote, get some microphone and decides to be Mark Homicide Worthington. Don't be someone you're not, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he also uh, re- returns serve with stay in your lane, Mark. Mm. Mm. So he's gone the mate. Werther's gone the champ. You know it's serious. <laughs> have a read. It's, it's very entertaining. That's enough news. Now let's talk the round that was NBL Fantasy. Alright, let's start with the goods. Banksy, premiums for the week. Alright, let's start with the premiums. So we had our big three. Uh, DJ was the highest scoring player in fantasy for the round. 122 points. Um, For me, that almost makes him a must-have when we're looking at a round three start. Now, DJ, he now has a career 20... He has 20 career, 20-point, 10-rebound games. Um, Double-doubles. Double-doubles. Now, who's the next best in that category? AJ with 10. And just to clarify, when we talk about DJs, there's about three in the league that we, we go with at the moment. We're talking Daniel Johnson from Adelaide. Well, there's only one premium. There's only stage. one DJ. There's, DJ. There's only one scoring you 122 fantasy points for the round. Um, the other premium. So we had Boone with uh, Boone with 105, um, and we also had AJ Ogilvy with 109. Interesting with those two is obviously when we looked at the captain score last year, we endeavoured to try and select someone that was going to get you that 100 point range over a double. Um, Boone was heavily rested in that second game. Um, I don't think we saw him much at all in the second half, and the same for AJ over in Perth with his injury. So he was cramping up. Boone looked like he was cramping up live mm. when we because we, Benny and I were at the game on Sunday afternoon, and yeah, it looked like he was cramping up or something anyway. So yeah, there was plenty of pleasure. And even in that first that first game for Boone, he was struggling to walk um, in those overtime games. So. Yep. He was on and off throughout the, those overtime periods. And, I mean, what I'm getting at is imagine if those guys had played full games in their, their second game there of the round. We could have seen some really huge scores from AJ and Boone. So, I mean, they did play four extra five-minute Yeah, so arguably periods, they have so played they have a total played. of minutes that have played, would yeah. be equivalent, basically. You, so. you, what you're really showing us is your absolute love of uh, Boone, which is fair enough. <laughs> we're, we're cool with that. We're okay with that here. Um, and obviously, why wouldn't you? Because he's a fantasy stud, I guess. So, um, yeah. And what about players that played just the one game? So we had Newbull, um, who was the highest scoring blitz player. Um, he scored 77. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I think Newbull was my uh, under-owned pick as well. Is that right? Yeah, maybe one tick there. So there might be a few more ticks later on as we go We'll on. give you that. And uh, we had our one and only Bogut. So 65 points in only the one game played. 
and obviously a pretty massive first quarter. So he had 10 rebounds in the first quarter, um, but still was unable to get those bonus points with the double-double, Benny. And look, I just want to highlight, this is a really, a really good example from uh, last podcast that Banksy gave us. Um, when you're weighing up, obviously we said that Bogut was actually one of the over-owned players. You know, he's great. He's come out and he's scored 65 fantasy points. But just an example, Josh Boone scored 105 fantasy points this week. Um, so you are actually losing um, 40. 40 points to Boone, um, more to DJ. As well. So, even though he went, he was awesome, Bogut averaged 65, um, schedule is very important, and you're actually losing points by playing him in round three, um, which is when it all kicks off. So, just quickly wanted to reiterate that. Yep, good point there, Benny. Uh, I just, and I thought the interesting thing with Bogut's score as well is I think he had 31 at quarter time. I think I even uh, tweeted it during the game, watching it on uh, my... Were we TV. a bit worried there after saying don't pick him up maybe? I'm not too sure. Oh, but... I don't think I was worried. I was, just, I was actually, you know, I was surprised and I was, you know, pretty impressed with it, I guess. But I think a couple of those were little, uh, a couple of offensive rebounds on the pop. Like he, he had one where he missed, and he missed both the tip-ins, you know. So there was little... Padding of the stats like that, I guess. And I think it's a good for the NBL that on the free-to-air game, Bogut, in my opinion, was actually outplayed by DJ. So, um, you know, everyone's come to watch Bogut, and what's been shown off is the remainder of the talent in the league. So yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. And as good as Bogut was, it doesn't change the fact that the overall rankings commence as of round three, and at the end of the day, the Kings only have one double in the first five weeks of play. So that's the reason we recommended you stray from Bogut initially. Yep, but that, you know, obviously you've got it. That's, it's purely down the schedule. So he obviously looks like he's going to be able to score. So uh, maybe when the Sydney schedule gets a little bit better around about that round eight mark, where they get three doubles in a row, um, is maybe a time for you want to be getting to Bogut in. But before then, we're still saying awesome, awesome score, well, I guess. And if you had him... Well done, but uh, I mean, like we pointed out, you're better off having DJ or Boone for the two games rather than uh, Bogut for the one. And just to recap, I think that just shows with those premium scores that come round three, you really do need a DJ or a Boone, if not both, in your team based on the schedule, but also for a a captain selection as well. (laughs) You know, if you're going to get 105 from Boone or 122 from DJ, if you're going to have them in your team as a captain as well, you're getting twice that score. So I think that's very important to keep in mind. Yep, I agree. Uh, Well, that's it for our premiums that we highlighted last week. Let's go through some of the value picks. What you gotta do? Okay, so let's have a look at the scores from the value picks we've actually suggested in the past. We obviously can't go past Dave Barlow. Uh, He put up a huge 95 fantasy points. Um, over the two United games. And he was probably one of the only United players that didn't really uh, decrease um, from his output after that four-overtime yep. game. So Good I think point. he might have actually been the highest-scoring United player in that second game as well. Um, we have Drimic, who scored 49 points over his two games. We were a bit worried. We, we were. <laughs> I was definitely a bit nervous after that first game with that output, but he certainly repaid the faith in game two with 40 fantasy points. 
Um, and we saw a nice bump from him in price, which Benny will have a chat around. Um, we had Bon um, scored 21 fantasy points. He was obviously one of those bargain basement price players at $250,000. He played just the one game for the Kings, um, but he'll certainly um, continue to increase in price. And then we had that discussion around your point guard bench spot. So I think both probably got the tick. Um, we had Nas score 31 fantasy points over two games. And then we had Adnam, who I particularly mentioned might be a bit of a safer pick. He got the 14 fantasy points in the one Kings game. So I think the jury's still out on those two, but I don't think you can go wrong with each at this stage. Um, the other couple I'd highlight is Conrad. Um, he was quite lowly owned in um, in fantasy, but uh, for those who, who actually had him, he scored 74 fantasy points. So another fantastic value pick there. Um, and then we had Nate Jaiwai. Uh, Baby Shack scored 26 fantasy points in his one game. So again, we're going to see um, continue increase in his price as he goes forward as well. And speaking about those increases in prices, um, just going through um, the players that we actually mentioned in our last podcast as our top five value picks, which was you know a very common Twitter question that we were getting in the lead up to round one. So Drimic uh, increased by 56,000. Barlow increased by 100,000. Bowen increased by 48,000. Uh, we suggested Hodgson's um, as uh, or, or Harrison at the time. Um, so uh, Hodgson was the one that got the minutes in the second game and increased by 59,000. And uh, Baby Shaq went up by uh, 35,000. So uh, I think we've um, pretty well nailed those. Absolutely. Uh, I think the value picks were pretty spot on there. Um, and I guess we also went through in our last podcast some of the players that we thought were under-owned. Um, I know uh, I mentioned uh, Conrad actually last week, and he's come out and uh, you know scored what was it seventy four points, so games, just yep. gone ballistic maximum Great price increase. Pick up. Great yep. pick up. Uh, Boydy, who was you all caught big call as far as the under own? Was it uh, Newbill? Newbill, I think yeah, Newbill, that's I right. Was surprisingly under owned for someone who was the top scorer of the Blitz and looked like straight away. But so, uh, but we've obviously had him in one of our premiums. But I think he still went up in price. But yeah, one of the top scoring players as well there. So um, uh, Terrico for you, Banksy. We said oh. was under owned as well. So. Um, you know, was probably one of the better looking imports at the time. So. That's it. And seeing as we're talking imports, we did have a discussion on those in the podcast last week as well. So how did, we, how did the uh, imports we mentioned fare? How good did Wiley look? Oh. I know he's our Wiley boy. Coyote. <laughs> we've, we've got a certain love for this man, but 92 fantasy points in his first two games in the NBL. And um, we couldn't ask for much better than that. Can I just jump in there? Because I know we said that Wiley looked really, really good, and this is something that I wanted to highlight, because for, particularly for new fantasy players out there who just watched the game, free-to-air game on Channel 9, um, you might be uh, surprised to hear that Wiley did well, because Steve Carfino said that he'd probably <laughs> be sent home on the plane. Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if, you, if you looked at it, um, just the game in general, it was clear that the comment through the commentary that Sobi was probably, and I have to agree, the most influential player in the game. But if you look at fantasy points and how the points are scored, Wiley by far and away outscored Sobi. So I guess that's something you have to get your head around, particularly if you're a new player, and Steve Carfino in particular. Um, Wiley scored 92 points. 
which was uh, excellent scoring. There, I think with what Carfino was saying, you were saying that Wiley looked like he was too rushed, too excited, too rah rah. But I think from what we, what, you know, what we've read about him, I think that's his game. He's a hustler. You know, he's like he's jumping at boards, he's running, going for balls that are going out of court, all that sort of stuff. He's he plays that hustle game, which is I think is an exciting game to watch because that's kind of how I play my basketball. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although um, Wiley manages to stay on the court. You, n- yeah. you never have the ball, well, so you're always hustling. Yeah, Wiley could start getting tech fouls and get ejected from the stadium. I don't know. You know, That could happen. So, um, wait and see. But um, I think that was his main point, which I think is just also partly also being his first couple of games in the NBL. I think once he settles down, he's going to be a legitimate double-double threat on a weekly basis. And the impressive thing for me was Wiley was actually getting lower minutes than I actually imagined. Mm. Um his score of 92 isn't far off Boone and AJ. And they had massive minutes. They played four extra overtimes. Yep. And I just expected Wiley to get more minutes. And then you still see, he still scored 92 fantasy points. If he starts getting some really consistent minutes once he's proved himself, then I think we can see some pretty consistent 100-point fantasy point uh, rounds from him. I agree. Uh, the other imports we mentioned, Long. What do you end up sco- with scoring? I really like the look of him. I didn't see his first game, but I certainly watched his game against United. So he had 70 across the two games, so an average of 35, which is a pretty solid score. Only question mark with him, I think, fouls. I yep. think early on, and he does get a bit emotional uh, on the court, which could lead to you know possibly technicals and that sort of I agree. stuff. I agree, and I feel for Long here. If you saw in the United game, I think he picked up his third foul. Um and then he, he remained on the court, but he made a really good, what should have been an and one play. He was heavily fouled and he fell to the floor and he sort of fisted the floor, yeah. hit the floor, picked up a tee and um, then he was benched for a long period of time. So if he didn't pick up that fourth foul and had to spend a lot of his time on the bench in that second game, I think we could have expected a, a really large score from him. What I really liked though was the blocks. He put in some massive blocks against United. Um Offensive rebounds. Yeah, yeah. offensive rebounds yep. as well. Um, just hopefully the touch comes because yeah. we were attending the game, he just needed to finish. It's yeah. weird attending these game barracking for the opposition, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you don't you don't want them to win necessarily, but you want them to do well. So whilst uh, it's uh, a nice little uh, Bogut strategy that he used it as well, just keep getting your own missed tip-ins, uh, you've got to finish it at the end. So hopefully that will come. Your boy Terrico Banksy? I did talk him up and have been talking him up for weeks and uh, it was fantastic to see, especially against the Hawks in that second game. He showed he showed us what he can do, put up a, a game-high 20 points, um, scored 76 fantasy points over the two games. Um, as we've touched on, with a round three start, they don't start with back-to-back doubles, but they do have Perth those six doubles in the first eight weeks. So if you look a bit longer term, they do have a fantastic schedule. Um, and look, I think from memory, Terrico, as we highlighted last week, he was one of my under-owned players, which was someone that we should be looking at and wasn't owned as much as we probably should see. Under 5% was our little uh, category for that. So That's it. Hardly um, anyone had him. So if you're looking for a unique, um, I know Terrico's in my individual team, which we'll unveil a bit later on. Um, but I think uh, he's certainly shown after, a, look, a modest preseason showing. He's certainly shown what he can do now the season proper started. And yeah, he does appear to be that uh, uh, JPT replacement with the jump shot. The jump shot, as which was our little scout on him when our in our Perth Wildcats preview, 
looking, watching uh, uh, grand final replays from uh, whatever league he was playing in, Malaysia or Korea, I can't remember. Um, which it was, whichever league it was, they banned players, imports over seven <laughs> foot anyway. But uh, um, some obscure league, but the jump shot uh, looked good there and it's uh, continued to look good. And I guess the last import that we discussed on the previous podcast was Mello Trimble. Uh, and I think I was the one that said possibly he wasn't going to be as good as Hall. Yeah, is, you did. But uh, obviously had a massive game in the first game against Brisbane. Lit up like a matchstick. Scored 53 uh, fantasy points and also were, broke the record for the most points by a Taipans player in their first game with 32 points. Thanks for the stats there, Banksy, stats man. Um, obviously, uh, a few people are jumping on him in the Twitter sphere as well. Um, but schedule's going to come into it, obviously, with the round three start for the official game. So um, that's probably one, two. I'd, I'd be keep. He's on my watch list, but uh, I don't think I'm sliding him into the team just yet. Yeah, I think we've had a few Twitter questions around um, people looking to trade Casper, and I think that's off the back of his second game. He had a really poor poor score in the second game, but the guy, remember, he played 50-odd minutes in that um, that massive first game with the four overtimes. So, you know, chances were he was going to be pretty tight in that second game, and we saw that through his output and his fantasy score there. So remember, if you're going for overall, if you're in a league which defaults from that round three kickoff, Casper has four back-to-back doubles in a row. So he's going to be playing more games than any other point guard out there. Um, and as a result, we're going to certainly see that he's going to score more fantasy points than any other point guard out there in those four, those first four weeks. Um, and even though he had a poor second game, if you check out the fantasy scores at the point guard position, I do believe he still had the highest score out of any point guard that can be selected in the game. Glad you went with that one, Banksy, because I was just going to say there's actually not a lot of point guard point guards there, you know, for us to choose from, I guess you've got Trimble now, who looks like he's going to be good if he can hold it again. I mean, we've only seen one game so far, but last year I know you had Cotton that was a PG slash SG. Just this year he's only an SG. Um, obviously you've got Randall, but his schedule is pretty poor to start off with as well. So there's a bit of a, there's not a lot of depth at that PG position, I think, fantasy wise for us to start off the year. So Casper's just a, yeah, he's a lock. And I guess we did mention last uh, last podcast that there will be changes to the games. Positions are available to be changed. We don't know the finer points of that, but uh, Sobi, for mine, the way, after watching that game, he'll be the number one candidate to hopefully get that point guard eligibility whenever that happens. I know we haven't got too many specifics on that, though, so... And just a bit of a point, I mean, for those that have suggested that for the cash grab, you could jump off Casper, jump onto Trimble because of uh, Trimble's very solid first game up. Um, just remember that if you do make that change, you're actually going to be losing two games um, worth of fantasy points at the point guard position in those first four weeks. So I can't highly recommend starting with Casper, at least for those four weeks, and then uh, look to jump ship once his schedule drops off thereafter. All right, now we've gone through all the good things, I think, for the week uh, one. Uh, let's start to talk some bad things. No biggie. So, Banksy? I think we'll start with Harrison. Um, I know a few of us had him as that bench spot at the centre position, purely as a cash cow, um, but didn't manage to, to actually join the Brisbane team on the court. Um, that was partly due in game two to um, Hodgson, 
actually returning. So I think you can easily scrub Harrison off your list. And if you've got him in your team, he's, I think he's a must-trade this week to another value center, um, which we'll have a chat around soon with our trade targets. So obviously you've got Hodgson, you've got Nate Jowire that you could be looking at at that center bench spot. Um, the other bad. So this one's probably a little bit harsh, especially when we talked him up pre-season. But um, Cam Bairstow. Mm. Um, Ooh, so controversial. Yeah, over the two games, 38 fantasy points, so only an average of 19. He was one of those million-dollar price players um, at that import price. So to actually break even, he would have had to average 25 fantasy points a game. So he fell 12 short. So we actually saw Cam Bairstow, unfortunately, lose value um, and, and drop cash there. So for me, he's one that I'm looking to trade out this week, um, purely because of what we've seen. For me, I just think it's going to take a bit more time for him to build up his fitness and show what he's capable of. Also, the addition of Hodgson could potentially eat into those rebounds and um, take away that ability to score double-doubles. Um, the other one I want to... I think... I'm sorry, I'm going to jump in there for a second. I think though is one to watch, though, because I think he looks actually pretty good. I think he just fatigued. Um, obviously, he's had just about two years out of the game, so exactly um, just to get him on the court, they said. I know they mentioned earlier was just a, is a good thing. I think he looked really good. I think he looked really good when Hodgson was on the court with him. So the mm. two of them running at the same time, I think they looked really good. Um, obviously, Igwu starting. I know Besto started as well, but um, Igwu taking minutes at that centre position as well uh, to start off with, which I think's hurt Besto and also hurt Harrison, who we spoke about briefly. Um, so I wouldn't rule out Bairstow later in the year because I think he can obviously score, um, as you can see, but um, it might be might take a little bit long. Yeah, for me, this also was one of those scenarios where the eye test didn't relate to the fantasy scores. I didn't actually see uh, the second game that they played, but you said that they uh, looked good uh, playing alongside each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the start of that New Zealand game, Bairstow looked fantastic mm-hmm. and... Yeah, whether or not it was just... Well, I mean, that was the Cam Glidden show, but um, uh, whether or not he did just run out of legs in that game. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, I will also be looking to trade him. And I think that's what got a lot of people questioning Bearstow in their teams was that second game. Mm-hmm. His minutes just seemed to diminish. I don't know if he was fatigued from that first game, but we really saw a drop-off in his minutes in that second game. And... I mean, it's only natural for you to question, should I be trading best, though? And if he's leaking cash and there's a question around his minutes going forward, then I think there's certainly other stronger picks that you could have at his position of that point, uh, that power forward position as well. Power forward slash centre. So yeah. you've got yep. the option there to chuck him in either spot yep. as well and, and get bring someone in like a Long, who we spoke about earlier, who's still at around about the same price, I guess, um, if you haven't got Long already, which would be silly. And the next one we've got to highlight... Um, is Cedric. So, CJ. Um, the man who's put up four triple-doubles in our league previously for fantasy owners. Um, I don't want to say it, but he could potentially look past it for our league. Yeah, I mean, that was... I think they even spoke about that in the commentary, I think, a little bit, a, a couple of times. Um, he just didn't look... It didn't look like he looked in the blitz. I think a couple of the blitz games, he looked really good. He looked yeah. like he was going to do everything, be everything, etc., but I think when um, push comes to shove and round one came around, he just didn't really look um, the best. Now, that might take a little bit of time for him to work into the game and work back into the NBL style of game. Um, I guess he's a wait and see, but definitely for week one, I think he was disappointing. 
And uh, look, he scored 33 fantasy points over two games. So he's leaking cash as well. I think he's a must trade also. Um, and I know some people had him as a bench position for the point guard. So those starting with Casper and didn't want to go with that cheap option on the bench went with CJ. But I think while you've got Emmett Nah and you've also got Adnam that you could be sitting on your bench, actually increasing in price, I think CJ's got to go until he can actually prove. And it's disappointing because the game that we went to, Body, where we saw him in the Blitz, he looked real flashy with his passing. Um, He looked excited to be back in the league. And then, you know, especially I I myself only watched that, that Perth game and... He just looked really, you know, a grade below others. Yep. His passing was off par. He was turning it over. Um, and his assist versus turnover ratio was really poor. And, and we saw that through his fantasy scores. Once again, hopefully it's just the um, the quadruple overtime game that sort of affected him and then the flight over to Perth. But um, he might be a wait and see. And I know we're talking about getting rid of him uh of uh, our fantasy teams, but uh, news has come out that uh, Mitch Creek hasn't been given his uh, 10-day contract. He's been waived by Brooklyn. And I know uh, Corey Homicide earlier suggested, uh, asked the question on Twitter, as Homicide does, uh, which will be the first import to be sacked. Uh, for me, I having looked at what they've got behind Emmett Nah, I think could lead the league in assists one day. He's Every time he touched it, he set someone up for an open shot. Um, Jordi Jett actually looked okay to me. I think, uh, obviously, CJ's uh, been uh, cut before. Um, um, I'd suggest cutting from your fantasy teams, but uh, maybe uh, if I was uh, managing Illawarra, I'd be uh, putting my hand out for Creek and... Uh, we're one game in, or two games in. Let's not make any rash decisions. But I don't think that's too rash, to be form, honest. But if the form carries on for much longer, I think you're probably possibly looking at that, yeah. And look, at this stage, again, as you say, it's a, a small sample size at the moment. But, I mean, this could eventually be a good thing for Emmett Nahr owners. Mm-hmm. Um, either, obviously, splitting the, 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 the minutes there so that, you know, maybe they end up playing 50-50 minutes. Or could we even see maybe Emmett Nah starting some games and Cedric turning more into that six-man role? So time will tell. Hopefully the league will start to recognise who Emmett Nah is. Um, uh, if you finished the game, if you saw the stats at the end of the game, um, Emmett Nah was listed as having uh, zero assists in the in the Melbourne game. And uh, uh, we actually raised that. Uh, um, and thankfully the NBL got back to us and uh, said that all the... Uh, scores were reviewed and they have corrected it, which is, uh, if you're looking, wondering why the game takes so long to open, to open yep. um, they actually do um, review all the scores because we actually went through our, uh, we did some notes over the weekend, had our players, uh, the scores that we've been reading out and to, on the podcast today, these were actually significantly different. Just about every player had a variation. So, Correct, yep. Um, Big, uh, I guess uh, we got to commend the NBL on Shout actually out. actually getting it right, and um, I don't know how that would affect uh, game day, um, having uh, such big variations uh, from day to day. But I guess it doesn't matter this year because they don't have prizes. But uh, so we'll give them a non shout out for no prizes. And I know there was a few complaints on how long it actually took for NBL Fantasy to unlock this round, but look, I'd much rather these stats be accurate, especially when we've got a $10,000 prize on the line, um, than they rush that and open it 
on the Sunday night and, and had these stats incorrect, especially what Benny showed us on Twitter. I mean, Nah was credited with no assists and there was three clear assists there which um, were later added to his stats. Yeah, they, David Barlow actually got those assists and he, I don't even know if he was on the court at yeah. the time. To David Anderson? That's okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree. I know there was a bit of an uproar about it, the game not opening till Monday night, uh, but I think I'd, I'd sacrifice that 24 hours after the last game to make sure that the scores are correct and that uh, the fantasy uh, game is 100% correct. So I think we've got to look at the other bads. Um, so we also spoke about Ramon Moore. Could he be the man in Adelaide? Certainly not. Sobey's the man. DJ's the man. Ramon Moore is not the man. Wally um, too. Yep. So he scored 35 over his two games. So if you've won a few owners there, I'd certainly be giving him the flick this week. Um, some disappointing kings. And could that potentially be because of the addition of Bogut? Newly scored 20. So he, I think he was the highest price small forward um, in the yep. game. So, so yep. if you've got him, I'd certainly be getting um, him off your radar. Um, he's going to leak cash and obviously the terrible Kings schedule going forward. And the other one, which is actually a bit surprising, it's someone we actually highlighted as potentially being a pick, um, and that was Kevin Lish. Mm-hmm. Ten fantasy points in his first game with the Kings. Didn't look didn't look that flash at, you know, live, or I mean watching the game either. Um, maybe he just needs to work it back into it, I think. Randall's obviously the man there and gets the ball, you know, to start off with most offensive plays that he's playing. So, um I think he'll be. He might be one to watch, watch, wait and watch, but um, see you go. And look, with these players that aren't starting so well to the season, just keep an eye on them for mid-season mm-hmm. because if they leak enough cash and and you know Lish is too good of a player to to continue on that um, you know that journey of, of averaging ten, he's yep. he's going to have better average than that throughout the season. So you've got to keep an eye on these players. They're going to leak cash because they could be value picks when you do your downgrades or upgrades throughout the season as well. The other king I wanted to touch on was Tom Wilson. Um, I know some players uh, or coaches had him in their team as a value pick. I know that the NBL's own Tom Hers on the, the official NBL website highlighted him as one of the top five value picks. Um, he didn't actually suit up in the Kings one game there, but I do believe, Benny, he might have been uh, injured. Yeah, it did come out, as we mentioned, Twitter's the best source for this stuff. Just before uh, uh, kickoff, I'll uh, Basically said, I think it was a few weeks that he might be out for. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, I think I remember saying something about a couple, of, at least a couple of weeks. I think. And I know in the Blitz commentary they were all talking him up as a potential Rookie of the Year candidate. So, actually, could help us out, right? Do we think that could actually help us out if we're going to have look to we've got at the moment, say Nah, um, gets nice little price increases down the track. Maybe you don't have to upgrade Nah or keep him. We can go back down. Obviously, different positions, perhaps not the best example, but what you want is actually these players later in the season to potentially downgrade to. 100%. You're talking about a player who will eventually get some minutes um, to see what he's capable of. He's got fantastic talent, Tom Wilson. Um, And I guess what Benny's saying is, while he's injured, while he's not playing, he's going to stay at that bargain basement price. Eventually, we're going to need downgrade targets to cash in these cash scales. Um, down to another basement price player so that we can actually use that catch to upgrade players on our court. So, fantastic point. I think Bowen's the one to get, though, if you're going to be, you know, they're going to take similar minutes off it. They're going to have similar minutes off yeah. each other. So, and I think at this stage, Bowen, and Bowen looked really good in his first game, got the ball a lot too. Um, they, I think Gaze is happy for him to run, you know, plays or in that isolation, etc. So, uh, I wouldn't be jumping off, let's say, a Bowen to a Wilson at the moment. But no. 
see your point. Yeah, I guess um, that would fit the position if you're looking for that trade, though I think it is potentially an option, to be honest. Um, uh, both uh, eligible for that shooting guard position, so um, get your, your increase from Bowen, and um, yeah, like I said, there was big raps on Tom Wilson. So To round it off uh, with the bads for the week, a couple of point guards. Banksy? De Leon. Um, so I know he was one that uh, you potentially like the look of in our Adelaide preview. Nah. No? No, uh, none of us. I don't no? Think. Okay. <laughs> Making oh. things up. <laughs> so 33 fantasy points um, coming off the bench for Adelaide. Um, I think he's shown there. Certainly if you've jumped on, I think there's very few there, but there's better options. He, he looked to me like a, he looks like a poor man's uh, Leonardo Barbosa. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's got the quick feet. He, he's a bit flashy. Like He looks good in certain He's got the confidence. But, yeah, for sure. Some of the some of the shots he put up, you're just like, wow, what, you know, what yeah. is he shooting that for? But um, and they went in, couple went in, couple went in. Okay. Um, so I think he'll have some big games. I think where he'll, you know, he'll run, you know, run big scores, I guess. But uh, I think he's going to be too bit bit for few and far between. So. And when I say uh, your boy De Leon, maybe I was uh, more speaking about is it Shane Illy? <laughs> Yeah, still copping that three. You, you're not going to leave that down. Yeah, no, I just went the Dave Barlow, so that's going to be my thing for Dave Anderson now. So yeah, so, I think uh, Illy. What did he score? Thirty-seven over the, across the two games. I think minutes are going to get pinched for him. Uh, one that I we both had our eye on and looked good when he was running the ball as well was Moore and Rashad. Both, I guess, ran the you know played with the ball. Yes. A little bit, I guess. and Weeks. Weeks look good too. Yeah, yeah. I guess just on that, watching um, both New Zealand games, Armani Moore looked the pick of, um, if you're looking at Rashad or Moore, the first game, and Rashad started quietly in um, the Melbourne, the Melbourne uh, United game, but then, yeah, he was literally handling the ball, yep. and yeah, as exploded. you can see, he's, yeah. he exploded, he's had an excellent score and went up in price as well, so... Um, I guess that's a bit of a watch. Hopefully, I, I actually really like the look of Armani as an athlete, as someone that can fill those defensive stats. Um, he had some horrible foul calls on clean blocks that even the United fans around us at the time were saying, yeah. uh, why are you calling that? Um, but uh, so if when New Zealand's schedule picks up in a few weeks, hopefully he's nice and cheap. We might be able to do something there. And there is nothing worse than watching one of your players that you've got on your fantasy team get a clean block where you think you should be getting a plus four, and then they get the foul and they're sent to the bench. Yep. Nothing worse. Yeah. I think that we won't make uh, comments on over-officiating. There's plenty on Twitter about uh, that at the start of the season, so we'll carry on. That's right. Um, I guess that wraps up our round one uh, chat. So what we thought, obviously, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, we're setting up our team for a round three start because that's when the official game starts, when all the prize money starts. Um, so I think we'll, we'll, we'll discuss some trade targets for round two if you wanted to... God damn, what's the plan? Talk about possibly making a few changes to your team to get it sorted for that round three. Now we're we're thinking when we're talking about these, we're thinking round three in mind. We don't really uh, care about this round two, but obviously there is leagues out there that are currently playing, and you need to uh, if you need to make your team up for round two, um, make sure obviously you load it up with kings uh, this week. Um, thirty sixes. Um, if you can, um, don't waste trades unnecessarily on it. But um, some trade targets for round. We're going to say round three, but it, really round two. 
Yeah, and I think this is probably the perfect round, your first two trades, to address any value picks that you've actually missed out on before they get too out of hand with their price increase where they're not going to be you know, of value to pick up at a later stage. So I think um, pretty much the five trade targets we highlighted earlier, I don't think much has actually changed with those five. We pretty much were bang on with those those value picks. The value picks, yeah. Well done, yeah. guys. Um, so, you know... Uh, was, pat on the back it, to ourselves. Number one value pick was not actually mentioned in in other uh, fantasy discussions. On top. Yeah, uh, I think you know in some cases overlooked. So I think number one, um, if you don't have Dave Barlow on your team, that should be your number one trade this week. Um, yes. <laughs> what is priced at? Uh, what is it? Five hundred odd thousand, Benny. Now six hundred odd, but yes, he's already increased. So he's six fifty two thousand actually. Six hundred fifty two thousand. So he's increased a little bit, but if you don't have him, still jump on. We're going to see him increase um, well above that pricing, and he scored ninety five fantasy points over those first two games, and he's also a value pick who has. Um, the, the, the four doubles in a row as of that round three kickoff as well. So he ticks the box for the schedule, he ticks the price for what we've seen in round one, and he absolutely ticks the price for his price increase going forward. So don't have him, get on board now before it's too late. And I guess um, now do we want to discuss this price increases because it seems to be a bit of uh, secret herbs and spices as such. I know that's the term they use for uh, AFL compensation or something along those lines. So... <laughs> uh, AFL free agency compensation, but um, so we might steal that one. All right, so we had plenty of questions through the season. Does it disadvantage your price increase if you only play one game as compared to two? Now, um, we found a little bit of an example here that we want to use because this was, a, I guess, a um, you've got two players. You've got uh, uh, Emmett Nah and Bowen. And uh, both started at the same price. Now, um, Bowen, as we mentioned earlier, averaged 21 points per game and played the one game. Emmett Nah averaged, what did it end up being after they adjusted it? It was Six, like... Uh, 15 and a half. Yeah, 15 and a half, less than what Bowen averaged, but had a greater price increase. Mm. The other example that we had was actually involving our number two trade target in Drimmich, um, now, Drimmage was priced very similarly to uh, Baby Shaq, Nate Jawai. Um, Drimic averaged 24.5 points for the round, went up 56,000. And Jawai averaged 26, so a higher average, and went up 35,000. So significantly less of a, a price increase. And I guess part of the logic we were trying to work this out was, did that show that the second game where Drimic scored 40 has a, I guess, a bigger emphasis on this, but that is actually contrary to Emmett Nah's greater price increase yep. to Bowen because Nah right. had acquired a game in the second game. So, any thoughts, guys? It seems to just we literally don't know how. There's some real. formula they're using, but they haven't told us, and they won't tell us. Yeah. So it does appear that that second game does have some benefit um, over the first. So, um, but yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, we don't have anything specific, and they're not going to release it to us. Cause... So and I think you... all you can do there is focus more longer term. So if you know a, place, a player is underpriced um, for what their output is going to be based on their schedule, then you've, you've got to look at those players, and that's why we're looking at Barlow and Drimmick. And speaking of underpriced, we'll go to our number three trade target. Hodgson. So 
he scored that 34. Um, we didn't even think we'd see him um, prior to round three, but he's come in in game two, scored 34, and he was sort of at that, that centre bench position we were looking at. Um, whether we started Harrison, who are uh, completely off our radar now, but purely because Hodgson's come in, and um, as Benny suggested, he's, he's underpriced um, for his output and what he's capable of. So how much did he actually increase in price after just the one game, Benny? 59,000, so you know, over half the max price increase. So, um, yeah, I, I was a bit peeved that he played because I was going to get him in before his first game, um, because thinking it was going to be round two or round three. Mm. Same. Obviously, uh, Brisbane have got that good schedule. Um, uh, so yeah, I um, was a bit peeved that he. <laughs> I actually, I think I me- messaged you guys uh, right before the game. Something, something on oh Hodgson no. is in. <laughs> Yeah, well, oh no, or in other words. But, <laughs> we'll um, call it oh A no. couple of beeps. <laughs> um, but I said, Hodgson's warming up. He's in uniform. He's not in, like, you know, civvies or whatever. And um, and so I was a bit peeved because, uh, obviously, it was too late to get him in there. Um, but, yeah. And uh, an interesting one for me is our, our number four trade target um, comes in that same bracket as Hodgson is uh, Nate Jaiwai. So scored the 26, looked quite good. Um, number one centre at the Taipans. But I'm interested in knowing your opinion, guys. Um, if you are to pick one of Jai or Hodgson at that bench spot at centre, who are you leaning towards? Uh, for me, having gone to bed when Jawa, about half-time when Jawai was on about minus two points, mm-hmm. um, and I had Jawai with the thoughts of getting that price increase, and I literally was going to trade him to Boone, hoping for a price drop just to... Uh, maximise, uh, I guess, uh, my cap space. Yeah, that didn't work out uh, all that well, um, give, especially given the schedule as well. Um, I like Hodgson better. I um, agree. Um, uh, I think Hodgson's the starter in Brisbane once he's gets a little bit more fitness in tack, and I think if Igwu goes, which I think he might, you know, this week or whatever, um, we'll wait for that to be announced. But I think he's definitely the starter there, and I would take him. And Rob Lowe is also quite a decent basketballer as well for Cairns as well, so some pretty good competition there for um, yeah, Baby to- Shaq. Yeah, totally different to Baby Shaq and how he plays. I mean, Rob Lowe's kind of more of an outside player, uh, outside shoot along, etc. But um, he actually grabbed a few boards in that on the, in the game. It was Scored quite, well. Yeah. He actually and that's my question well. mark, is when you're deciding out of these two players, that was my feeling. Does Jaiwai have less competition on the boards with the game that he plays, being, you know directly under the rim centre, mm-hmm. a hustle centre, um, as opposed to Hodgson, who is in competition, you know, with your Bearstow, potentially some of the other centres when they come back. So they've got Egwu there at the moment, Magne, yeah. um, Harrison, if they decide to give him a look in. I just feel potentially, um, I could be wrong, but I just feel that Hodgson might have more competition as opposed to Jai Wai yeah. um, when we're looking at what's going to give him his fantasy numbers. What are, you, what are your thoughts around that? Uh, yeah, it's a definitely a decent argument, but the overriding factor to me will be the early schedule, and um, I'll go with Brisbane, the Brisbane player early. Yep. I'll get a couple of trades a week if I then want to go agreed. sideways to Cairns. That's the way I'm going. Yep, agreed. Um, and but uh, you know, and also my point that I think he's going to be Brisbane's starter, and I think he's going to get more minutes because he's got long, more long terms uh, stamina, I guess. Lamana seems to be with, a big fan. Baby Shaq, you know, obviously we've seen him break down in previous seasons, which we don't want to happen. He's great for the game and he, he's awesome to watch. Um, but I think over the course of a season, I 
feel like Hodgson's going to get more minutes, which I think is going to lead to more points. And I didn't see that Brisbane game. Did Hodgson actually start or he came off the bench? No, came off the bench. Igwe started. Um, uh, but I think only Igwe only had about 12 or 13 minutes, I think, for the whole game. Yeah. Um, he came off the bench and I, he looked good straight away, to be honest. Um, so No lingering. Was it calf issue, wasn't it? So yeah, yeah it no lingering issue. No. So... Um, yeah, I thought he looked pretty sprightly, to be honest, which um, I was very jealous of having uh, wanted him in yep, my round same. three team. But, Peeved. Uh, yeah, missing out on that initial 60k is going to cost me extra to get him in this week, which I will be doing. And I guess that brings us to trade target number five, um, who we've talked up all season, and that is uh, Bowen from the Kings. So, scored his 21, looked very good, um, could even benefit from minutes with um, Wilson out. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch the King games, Woody? Uh, yeah, there's only one, but yes. Yeah, the one. Uh, what do you, What were your thoughts on Bowen? Yeah, I, I liked him. I think uh, I was surprised he got as many minutes as he did, I guess. But when he came on, he actually looked good. He looked like he belongs. Um, and I think he's going to be good. Yeah, look, I know we did the, um, uh, the in our club previews, we did our uh, Terence Ferguson uh, comparison, and we thought that he would just uh, far and a way out to uh, what Ferguson did in uh, in the league. Um, he looked amazing. I know there was a massive highlight play, a missed alley-oop uh, that he uh, just missed out on, mm-hmm. but uh, made his shots. He was, you know, the game was close for a significant amount of time, and Gaze was showing some faith, having him in there for a decent portion of, I guess, the, the clutch time, um, winning time, as Reggie Miller would call it. Um, so um, very good first impression, uh for Bowen, for me. Yep. So, I mean, that's our recommendation. If you've missed those five players who are certainly going to keep increasing in price as cash cows, jump on board. Um, Otherwise, remember, um, unless you've changed your uh, league to start as of round one, then certainly recommend thereafter. If you've got those five players in your team, then uh, just fix up anything uh, to ensure you've got as many of those round three players on the double in your team. So, e.g., if you haven't got a DJ, haven't got a boon, um, certainly working towards those players for a round three kickoff if you've got all those trade targets in your team. I guess it's good to, um, now we've spoken about our trade targets, um, talk about our joint basketball blokes team, which we have put out last week. Um, and and talk about possible trades for this week. Um, so judging by what we've talked about already tonight, we think uh, just purely to let him settle down price-wise and see how he's going to pan out, we're going to cut Bearstow. Is that correct, guys? Yeah, 2v1 two, two uh, majority. We're going to go uh, Bearstow and uh, bring in Hodgson as, our, uh, as one of our trades. We don't really know... Um, if we're going to use an additional one as yet, is that probably about accurate? Well, I know what Banksy's thinking with his trade. What, were you, what do you think of Banksy? Who do you want to bring in? Well, the other two I was going to highlight was the potential, obviously, Jaiwai, um, as opposed to Hodgson, but I don't think you can go wrong with either. So I'm happy with that majority rules um, trade there. Um, the only other option was um, something we were going to look at is whether we ride with Drimmick on the court as our starting shooting guard, um, or if we sort of um, did a bit of advanced trading there to push him to the bench and trade out Bearstow to a shooting guard um, going forward. But I think uh, with what we've discussed so far, it's likely to be a, a centre. That's right. And guys, you can view our team and what it looks like on dreamteamtalk.com. Um, also, uh, we'll be uh, doing our weekly article there and we'll have some captain choices this week. This is mainly for 
uh, those of you that are playing from round one leagues because we want to look after you as well. That's right. Look out for your captain choices on our Dream Team Talk article. Uh, the link is on our Twitter when we release it uh, tomorrow night, being Wednesday night. And I guess I'd like to apologise anyone for anyone who... Because uh, I think I am in a, a league or two that started in round one. Uh, my team should have been named the bye this week. <laughs> um, I had Harrison on the court. I was going to make him captain just to, to make a point, just to say that... You know, round one doesn't matter, but uh, yeah, uh, whoever got me uh, has probably got a uh, a free win uh, in those leagues. So. And now we had a uh, few people during the week and also before round one started wanted to release our own personal teams. So uh, we thought uh, last week in the podcast that we wouldn't do that before round one because we are in competition with each other, the three of us here. Um, so we'd like to keep them, uh, and we thought we'd announce it this week. So we're going to do this very quickly now. Um, so my starters uh, were Casper Ware, uh, Sobi, Alonzo Gee, uh, Jacob Wiley, Sean Long, and I had Bryce Cotton as my sixth man, trying to take advantage of the MVP from last year's uh, form that we've seen in the NBA versus NBL games, etc. And on my bench, lots of our value picks there. I had Nah, Drumick. Bowen, Barlow, and Bairstow. Banksy, your team? So I took a different approach. Um, like Benny, I tried to uh, take the chance on DJ and Boone declining in price, which has kind of backfired. Uh, my starting five was Casper Ware. Um, I took the punt at shooting guard, which I feel so far has paid off. So I went uh, Terrico White. Um, I know a lot of teams have Sobi, um, so I wanted that to be a point of difference for me to try and get ahead with the low ownership of Terrico. Um, like most, had Alonzo G at the small forward, Jacob Wiley at power forward, had Sean Long at centre, um, and the one that certainly backfired for me um, was taking the punt on Armani Moore. Uh, we do like the look of him, um, but knowing he's going to decline in cash, he'll be one that I'll trade out this week. Knowing I've got cash in the bank, he's going to go straight to, to DJ, ready for round three. Um, and then with my bench, I think it's almost identical to yours, Boydie, um, or very similar. I had Adnam, Drimic, Bowen, Barlow, and Bearstow. Um, probably my only other trade this week, if I'm going to go more to DJ in preparation for round three, um, I'm probably going to downgrade Bearstow, similarly to the basketball blokes um, team, down to either a Hodgson or a Joe You're talking J- DJ as in Daniel Johnson, yes? Correct. Correct. Yep. Cool. Just wanted to make sure with, for the listeners out there. And lucky last, Benny. It's amazing we've all gone quite different now. My uh, most expensive player um, is called Remaining Salary, uh, valued at $2.21 million. Um, this was part of my strategy, knowing that we had a few trades uh, early on. Um, I wanted to get some of the value players, knowing I'd have four trades to get to the team I wanted in round three. So uh, starters, I... Uh, went Casper as well. Um, I've actually gone with the, the Drimmich-Bowen shooting guard combination, paying down there. Um, uh, G at small forward and Wiley, so we're all the same there. Uh, I went with Harrison at centre, hoping for some game time. Didn't get it. And Bearstow as my sixth man. Uh, point guard, I've gone Emmett Nah, Bowen at uh, shooting guard, followed by Barlow, Sean Long and Jawai. Uh, my trades this week, um, uh, working towards that round three team that I wanted, uh, Harrison becomes Hodgson, and uh, I, I plan on playing Hodgson uh, for those first few games at my centre spot. Uh, 
potentially, <laughs> and uh, Jawai straight to Boon, and that leaves me with enough cap space so that uh, I plan on upgrading Bowen early, um, hopefully getting him to a new one of the New Zealand uh, shooting guards when their schedule picks up, and that way I can move Drimmich to my bench um, eventually, but I need two good weeks, round three and round four from Drimmich, and um, hopefully that'll pay off for me, so... All very different, guys. As this caught you off guard, body, this is the guy who said in a previous podcast that he was going to play it safe. It's the exact opposite. <laughs> he said... It's too I'm stressful. Not, it's, too, it's exactly what he said. He said, it's too stressful yep. to start with the value game early on yep. and try to make money before you're trading those players over the first two weeks, um, ready for round three. And, Benny, you've gone completely against your own rules. Or... I've you've tried to put us off. I successfully put you off, but it has backfired <laughs> miserably. My season could be over before it starts. And uh, <laughs> lucky you've got the four trades Friday, Friday round three, luckily enough. Yeah, I think I'll still get away with it. Um, thankfully, um, hopefully Bowen keeps going up, and I'm actually hoping Armani Moore drops a little bit in price because he'll be uh, um, hopefully a nice little fill-in uh, with a bit better form in those... Uh, Really, I'm really targeting that. Uh, what is it? Week six, where New Zealand and Melbourne are the only ones on uh, the two game, the double games there. So, um, yeah, that's uh, my team. I can't believe how different we all are. Some similar spots, but uh, it's a few different ways of going about it, guys. And it should make for uh, make for some good competition um, between the three of us. We've all got very different teams, and hopefully. Uh, a good bit of banter along the way. What's the bet our combined team just flogs us all? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a wrap of our round two NBL fantasy preview. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, check out dreamteamtalk.com for our uh, captain choices, etc. Talking about our joint team trades for the week. Um, and don't forget all to ask any questions, etc. On Facebook, we are Basketball Blokes. Or on Twitter, we are at bball underscore blokes. Catch up.